0: Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Trump's impeached, Biden's about to be sworn in, and the left blames, well, everything on Republicans with zero soul searching of their own. We've got Representative Steve Scalise and Dennis Prager with thoughts now. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to the Megan Kelly Show. Today on the program, we have got Representative Steve Scalise, who is in the Republican leadership in the House. And we've also got Dennis Prager of Prager University, of his own show on Salem Radio. And uh, we couldn't think of two better people to talk to about the events of the day. Steve Scalise, as you probably remember, was shot on a baseball field back in 2017 by a guy who had been radicalized essentially. By left-wing violent rhetoric on the internet. So, what does he think about the Twitter shutdown of Trump, about the shutdown of Parler, all that stuff? We're going to talk to him about it, and uh, you may be surprised by his view. Dennis Prager has got a warning for America about how this whole thing is being used. It's being used by the left. Again, distinguish that from liberals. Liberals are reasonable. Liberals don't want the complete shutdown of speech, but the left is an agitated group on the far extreme that is exploiting this tragedy we saw in the Capitol 10 days ago or so to achieve goals that it's had for a long time. And Dennis Prager will frame that, I think, in a way that you'll find helpful. So we will get to them in one second. But first, I want to talk to you about stamps.com. Do you go to the post office still? I mean, I've gone a couple of times and with COVID, it's a bizarre experience, right? You've got to be spaced out. Where I go out here, where I, when I'm in New Jersey. It's like a little trailer and you have to wait outside for a long time and it's just it's not ideal, okay? Going to the post office is more difficult than ever. And one thing we learned in 2020 is that the internet can be your friend, whether it's Netflix or stamps.com, right? You can get all of your mailing and shipping done right from your computer. I mean, think of that. If you're a business, it makes things so much st- easier. It's so much more streamlined. You don't have to leave your home. You don't have to leave your office or your home office. And Stamps.com has saved small businesses all over the country thousands of hours and tons of money. And now you can too. With Stamps.com, you can get the services of the post office and by the way of UPS right on your computer. Plus, you get big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. Stamps.com is going to bring the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer, wherever you are. It's a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office, sending out invoices, or an online seller shipping out orders. Stamps.com can handle it. All of it. With ease. So you simply use your computer to print out official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. You can get 5 cents off first class stamps and up to 40% off priority mail, up to 62% off UPS shipping rates, thanks to stamps.com. So it's a no-brainer. Save yourself the time and money, and uh, figure out why over 900,000 small businesses already have this thing. Make 2021 the year you stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. No risk. And with my promo code MK, you can get a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Hmm. Don't say scale to any woman, but this is a good one. You're going to like this one. Helps you figure out how much postage to put on your envelope. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in MK. That's Stamps.com, promo MK. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. And now we begin with Representative Steve Scalise. Congressman Steve Scalise, thank you so much for being here. Megan,
1: it's great to be back with you.
0: So I thought of you over the past 10 days because... You know, you and a very small collection of your fellow representatives are in a small group of people who have experienced this twice now, coming under attack in your role as a representative, once as a congressman at that baseball game where you were shot and then again at the Capitol Hill riot. And I I was wondering whether it brought up, first of all, any PTSD for you, post-traumatic stress.
1: Well, immediately as things were happening, Megan, it, it absolutely came back. To the baseball field, you know those visions come back. Unfortunately, um, my Capitol Police security detail—that's with uh, me—who saved me the day of the the baseball shooting. uh, One of one of my team members comes onto the floor when I was on the floor during the debate, and he says, "Sir, we've got to go." And uh, he had a very stern face, and you know I I know them there. You know when they say something, you follow uh, follow what they say. And so I just went right behind him, and we started going out of the Chamber. Next thing you know, we're we're going through some tunnels, and uh, we we left the building and went to an undisclosed location with some of the other House and Senate leadership, Republican and Democrat, and uh, you know, a lot of things. Emotions were going through me, but clearly, you know, was was thinking about some of those same emotions from
0: the ball field that day. Oh, I'm sure, because at that point, you don't know what's happening exactly, right? You know, you know, there's a danger, but did you have an appreciation for? how bad it was.
1: Well, you know, you, you don't think that, that the Capitol is going to be breached. Last thing you're thinking is somebody's going to come out and start shooting all the Republicans on the field. Uh, same regard. If you're on the house floor debating uh, a vote, you're going to be taking the last thing you're thinking is that, that people are going to storm the Capitol. It's just not, uh, it's not, it's almost surreal, but, but then, you know, then it's happening and, and, you know, your, your emotions, kind of capture that. But then you start focusing on what you have to do next. And, uh, you know, that that's, it's just such a, a sad thing that happened, but, uh, but it, you know, brings anger, brings a lot of other emotions too.
0: Well, can I ask you about that? Because I think if I were a lawyer defending those being charged with inciting a riot, right? We've heard that term used against Trump, against president Trump, even in the impeachment articles. Um, I would argue about foreseeability, you know, and I realize the argument on the other side is he whipped them up. He had them believing massive voter fraud. His surrogates were out there saying fight, fight, threatening congressmen if they didn't, you know, act strong, if they didn't stand up, take our country back, all that. I I get that. But the I don't know that all the people doing that. And I know you were one of the ones who was raising questions about voter fraud could could foresee that the mob would breach the Capitol and go in there in a lawless manner, threatening and hurting people.
1: Yeah, you know, I, and I said this back when when I was shot. I mean, you know, there there were political motivations behind it, but there's absolutely no excuse for anybody to resort to violence. You know, we we all have political disagreements. It's it's one of the foundations of of our nation and the First Amendment, but uh, it doesn't give you the license to go and and, and attack someone else and. And look, the, the people that got into the Capitol—they had to first attack police. There was a police officer uh, murdered, killed out there that day, Officer Sicknick. Uh They they crawled through broken, crawled through broken windows to get there. You're you're trespassing, and and it's anarchy at that point. You're violating the law. You know what? What was your motivation? You know, look. I mean, I, I've talked about uh, you know President Trump should have been unequivocal in denouncing. Uh, what had happened the day of uh, the the violent attack, and uh, you know, and he wasn't that day; he did later. Uh, but you know, ultimately, anyone who who crosses the line and says, you know, that they're going to resort to violence of any kind uh, at that point, you've you, you're the you ought to be charged, and they are being charged, by the way. Uh, you know, you ought to go to jail. You ought to uh, you know be held accountable for violating oh, yeah. the law at that point.
0: I mean, those are criminals. Yeah. I do believe a fair share of the protesters there thought they were just going to go outside and wave their flags and, you know, sort of make their voices heard without lawlessness. But there was a an unhealthy portion of the group that was planning on attacking and had come equipped with zip ties and, you know, other potential weaponry on the lookout to hurt somebody. I mean, that was pretty clear. And the hang Mike Pence chants. I mean, it was just deeply disturbing and Now we're seeing in the wake of it, and there's a lot I want to get to with you, you know, what your experience with this and, you know, where you feel about violent rhetoric and all that. But I do want to ask you because what we're seeing is not just a condemnation of those who committed violence, but of everyone who pushed what the Democrats and the media are now calling, quote, the big lie. Now they've deemed, you know, the notion of voter fraud on, on a widespread level, which has not been proven to be, quote, the big lie that the president and all of his supporters pushed. They, they accuse you of this as well and say all those people have blood on their hands. Is that fair?
1: Megan, That's it's amazing to see the righteous indignation from the left uh, and, and just keep the perspective that, first of all, uh, presidents have legal options. Candidates for presidents have legal options to go to the courts. Um, you know, Al Gore did it. You, you know, it didn't it took. Over a month for the uh, Al Gore Bush, uh, you know, Bush v. Gore case to get resolved. Nobody accused him of sedition. Um, You just look over the summer uh, where you had violence in the streets where uh, cities were burned down. Cops were being shot and murdered. People were being beaten and murdered in the streets the entire summer. Uh, I was calling that out. Uh, You never saw the left calling it out. In fact, you had some members of Congress encouraging the violence during the summer. Uh, you know, nobody said there's blood on their hands, nobody called for for people to be removed back then uh i you know again I've called this out on both sides, Megan, and I think a lot of us have, and we have to uh you know if you see violence, if you see people taking uh you know taking the law into their own own hands to go and uh, attack and hurt other people, that has to be called out not just when it's happening on the other side of the political aisle on both sides mm-hmm. and and those on the left were not calling it out during the summer. Uh, but today they want to act like they've got some moral high ground. We ought to all be disgusted when we see it, no matter where violence comes from.
0: Yeah, no, they they weren't. And I know you, you wrote an op-ed in The Wall Street Journal recently calling out specifically some members of the media, like Chris Cuomo, who, who said, you know, where is it written that protests have to be polite, right? Like, And, and now we yeah, acknowledge that the way, they were Megan, part of the problem.
1: Right. By the way, I didn't agree with him then. And I don't agree that uh, violence was right uh, at the Capitol. So- if it's if it's okay in some places and you encourage that narrative which they did uh then you own it you know if you were calling it out both times uh, then you've been consistent that violence is not the way we solve our differences mhm
0: they're not surprisingly though they're not focused on on that they're focused on the rhetoric that that spun these people up and you know i've been somebody who's defended presidents the president Trump's right to challenge these results electorally, and said, "Let's wait and, and see it play out in the courts." And of course, you know he lost sixty out of sixty-one cases, and the, the the one he won was on procedural grounds. It wasn't a big win. So okay, after that, you have to accept reality and move on. And that's where uh, that's where people start to really blame people like you, the Republicans, who continued to fight, right, who signed. I know you signed the amicus brief in support of Texas versus Pennsylvania, trying to Texas, tried to sue these other states to void the election results as tainted. The Supreme Court wouldn't take it. Then then, you know, 100 plus uh, House members stood up and objected to the count uh, that day when it was really just perfunctory, you know, just counting the numbers. And he'd already been certified as the president elect, Joe Biden. And so that's where they're, that's, let's just talk about that. Was it wrong to keep pushing it, you know, to, to, to vote, to overturn the election results, to try to disenfranchise, but to sort of help these people continue to believe those who stormed that the election had been stolen?
1: Oh, well, first of all, the Texas lawsuit uh, that many members signed an amicus brief for was asking the court to, to address one of the fundamental questions that's been at the heart of this. And that is. The United States Constitution says that it's legislators, legislatures in each state that set the rules for electing a president. Uh, that did not happen in a number of states. They went around their legislative bodies, whether they went to a secretary of state, they got a court uh, ruling that would be favorable to them, but they didn't go through their legislatures. And, and at some point, are we going to address that problem? And that we asked the court to act to to look at that, and the court did not do it. Asking the court to look at a question, uh, last time I checked, is not seditious either. Uh, But in the end, if you go back and look at the electoral college uh, certifications being counted, uh, that has been challenged, by the way, by uh, Democrats for every president, uh, every Republican president this century. So literally every Republican who's been George W. Bush, uh, George W. Bush the second time, and Donald Trump, Democrats challenge that in congress just as it was done uh, a week and two weeks ago and again you never heard the term sedition in fact in 2005 a majority of democrats did not vote to certify the state of ohio and uh, they were not successful uh, but that would have overturned the election Uh, and you know nobody called them any kind of names this isn't something new it's a it's a part of the process the constitution lays it out if somebody doesn't like that process they ought to change the law And no one suggested it in the past when Democrats were using it.
0: I'll give you that I'll give you that latter point, because it's definitely true that Democrats have stood up and objected to the certification results, though not in the numbers that we saw um, this past time. But the Supreme Court lawsuit was that was bogus. Come on.
1: The, The Supreme Court ultimately didn't take the case at all. But I'd like to see us look at election reform, not where we have a federal election standard, but where we at least say. Shouldn't we know the results on election night? Shouldn't we have some kind of signature verification, some basic standards that then let states go run their election, but with a standard where you know know there's going to be some integrity uh, throughout the process? You see abuses. Look, in our state, I was very active when I was a state legislator later at cleaning up our problems. We had an election commissioner who went to jail. Uh, There were people who were going to jail for voter fraud all the time, and we cleaned it up. Uh, some states still haven't cleaned that up. I wish they would. Some states
0: don't have the motivation, you know, that's, that's where the problem You know, and
1: and maybe going forward, we take this as an opportunity to go back and look and say, is there a better way to do it? Look, Megan, in the state of New York, there's still a congressional seat that hasn't been certified yet. Uh, Claudia Tenney has been up uh, since the very beginning, and yet they still won't call that election. Uh, that's ridiculous. Two months later, we still don't have an answer and that district isn't even being represented right now in Congress. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that we we want to see fixed where, you know, if the law is on the books in New York, they need to follow the law in New York and they're not.
0: What, what do you think, though, now? Because now, you know, th- if you look at the polls, 80 percent, I think, of Republicans still think this was a fraudulent election. And even though now we're being told no more talk of that. No more, because that talk is being blamed for what happened on Capitol Hill. I wonder what you think. Do do you still think that there was voter fraud on a level that would have potentially changed the outcome of the race? Look, where
1: where I had expressed my issues were with the states that and there was a limited number, a small number uh, that went around their law. Look at Pennsylvania. The law says that all votes are counted up until eight o'clock on election night. That's when the polls close. And their court just said, well, we're just going to give extra days. We're going to waive some of the other laws and just kind of look the other way towards their, their laws. And there are many people in Pennsylvania, by the way, that are still upset about that, that their state's own laws weren't followed. And so, you know, I know for, you know, so many people that just want to look the other way, that that's a problem. There are people, millions of people that are upset with that. Uh, we've got to address that. We can't act like it doesn't exist. Joe is going to be sworn in. Uh, I, I'll be at the inauguration. Uh, but, you know, you want to resolve the lingering questions. Let's address these fundamental issues going forward so that we can restore the integrity of our election system.
0: Okay. So, but what do you make of, and the, the Pennsylvania one is really the best example, in my view, having followed this, they, they have the best argument that, that the, the, extension on the vote counting should have been done by the legislature and not a court. And that's what wound up happening. And, you know, there's a reason we like the votes to be counted on election day as opposed to a week out. Um, And, you know, it it can invite voter fraud. And that was sort of the basis of the argument. In any event, now it's passed and we'll see whether they take a hard look at their system going forward when we don't have COVID or if they're going to continue allowing all these mail-in ballots. But I do wonder if, you know, now... You think this discussion can be had in any meaningful, intelligent way, right? Because it's like you say the words voter fraud now and they look at you like, you you know, you're you're talking like Al Qaeda, right? Like you've said something that's inherently dangerous uh, that could lead to violence. YouTube is banning videos, suggesting any any sort of widespread voter fraud. You know, those words have now become untouchable. So is it still a conversation we can have?
1: Well, I I think it's still a conversation that that millions of people want to to resolve. And and again, you don't resolve problems by ignoring them and, you know, calling other people names. And, you know, we're not going to just we're not even going to have this conversation. We we need to fix problems where we see them. Uh, And then, you know, look, we're going to we're going to get beyond this, but we're going to be a healthier nation if we resolve the issues that uh, that people have that that are rooted in the law. You know, let's get back to the law. What's the purpose of having the constitutional requirement that legislatures set these rules if we're not going to follow the rules that they set? Uh, You know, we're a nation of laws. Let's follow those rules. And if the rules have problems, let's go fix them.
0: What do you make of these calls to kick Senator Hawley and Senator Cruz out of the Senate, to disbar them as lawyers, to put them on the no fly list? And some at Harvard want to take away their Harvard degrees.
1: Wow. Are they going to give them the money? Are they going to give them the money back that they they charged them to get those degrees? Look, I mean, mm. this cancel culture, Megan, has got to stop. It's been going on for years now where, you know, more and more you see on the left uh, if people disagree with you. You just try to shut them down. You don't, you don't want to engage in conversation. It's been going on on college campuses for over a decade now, where if you're conservative, they don't even let you speak. I thought college was supposed to be where you go to learn to to challenge your ideas against other people uh, that have different ideas. And, and maybe you might change your mind. You might uh, you know, sharpen your focus on things, but uh, to just say, if we don't, dis- we don't agree with you, again, are they trying to cancel all the Democrats who have for years, uh, every election this century, Republicans been elected president, they've challenged it on the Democrat side. Are they gonna cancel them as well? Again, be consistent. If you wanna push some radical agenda, uh, just know that, uh, be consistent on both sides, but, but that's yeah. not where we need to go as a country. We are not a cancel culture nation. The first amendment is something that, that we cherish. And, uh, and it's one of the things that makes us the, the greatest nation in the history of the world. We've got flaws, we've got problems like anybody, but there's, you know, you don't see people leave other countries, uh, to go seek out, you know, the Moscow dream or, you know, the, the, the French dream, they come to seek out the American dream and it's still alive and well, but it, it's being tested. We've got to stand up to that uh, this moment.
0: Well, what did you make of Twitter banning Trump?
1: You know, Twitter is is getting into a place where uh, their policy is very inconsistent on who they ban. You know, when everybody points to the Ayatollah is still out there uh, spewing anti-American and, and anti-Israel messages, uh, and they're okay with that. You know, the Chinese Communist Party is still able to disseminate uh, false information on a regular basis, you know, if they're going to have a policy, shouldn't it be consistent? Or if it's just targeting conservatives, uh, you know, we've we've seen over and over where, you know, they're very quick to ban a conservative. They're not going to ban a, a liberal who's doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, that consistency is starting to be pointed out a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you can right now on Amazon, Amazon, which deplatformed Parler, for having too much violent rhetoric, you can buy right now a t-shirt that reads kill all Republicans. That's of January, 2021. And, and, and there are kill Trump, um, hashtags trending, uh, on Twitter and on uh, Facebook and, um, on some of the other platforms, hashtag kill Trump, right? Uh, arrest Trump, not enough kill Trump and so on and so forth that that actually is a federal crime to threaten an, an assassination of a president. But, the, the the double standard is pretty obvious to anyone paying attention.
1: Yeah, the, the double standard, Megan, is very very clear for everybody to see. You know, and by the way, go back and look uh, the last four years uh, from the day that the president was sworn in. You had that resist movement. You know, you even had the speaker of the house saying that the election was hijacked. And you know, go back and look at all of that hypercharged rhetoric for four straight years. Not to mention the the Russian hoax and the you know the impeachment hoax. I mean, just nonstop every day. Uh, going after this president for anything and everything, and uh, you know, and trying to deny that he was even elected president. So again, the righteous indignation and the double standard is uh, is, is what people are looking at too, saying, you know, go, you know, kind of t- tone it down.
0: Now you're getting to it because. <laughs> I the bigger question I everybody wants to zero in on Trump's tweets or your objections or, you know, like they, they want to blame specific Republicans. The bigger and I think much more important question is how did the people get to the place where not only did they believe there was massive voter fraud, you know, like the Kraken, the Dominion voting machine, whatever it is, they believed not just that, but that then they would resort to violence. They were they were committed to going in there and hurting lawmakers how did they get to that place? And as somebody who sadly has had to deal with this in a very personal way in your own past, I mean, you were, you were shot. Somebody tried to assassinate you for doing your job. How do you see that? Cause I don't, I worry about whether we have the power to disabuse people of that <sighs> resorting to violence, that ability to be a bit brainwashed. To, to just not see the world as clearly as the rest of us do when it comes to the limits we set on our own behavior?
1: Yeah, you know, Megan, this is something that that concerns me in general, because the tone, the rhetoric is hypercharged right now. Uh, but, you know, to just, first of all, nobody condones people who broke the law. And, and you could be angry. I know there's probably millions of people today that are disgusted by the storming of the Capitol, but that are also very angry with how the last four years has played out and the constant barrage of attacks against the president. uh, When, you know, when, when there was not even anything to to, to claim about him, they were still saying, you know, deny he's president and and just go after him every day, go, go after his cabinet secretaries in restaurants and run them out of restaurants. That was going on, Megan. And people watched it. And it was, and celebrated by the left. No one on the left was calling that out uh, for years. And and people just it, it built a powder keg, and and we've got to now start focusing on diffusing it again. The left just wants to cancel everybody who's a Republican. That's ultimately where they're going with this. So you know, no matter what you did, you're to blame. But they're not to blame. You know, when cities were being burned down and cops were being shot, uh, some of them were saying, "Well, that's just what people do." No, that's not what people do. And it's got to be called out unequivocally on both sides. The left. Has to be consistent in this. They're not. Uh, that's got to change, and the rhetoric's got to tone down.
0: You were in 2018. You were targeted again, again, uh, receiving threatening messages from somebody promising to go after your family and feed them lead. Um, cops raided the home of the guy threatening. They found 200 rounds of ammo, receipts for an assault rifle, handgun, books on bomb making, how to make a homemade silencer, and so. On. I mean, it's you. You've been down this road too many times. And you have been very good about speaking out about violence and the need to condemn it. You know, and what we what we have seen, you wrote a very powerful piece a couple of years ago, long before any of this stuff, saying, look at what Eric Holder has said. Look what Maxine Waters is saying. Get in their face, you know, uh, uh, confront them wherever they are. And Eric Holder saying, you know, when they go low, we kick them. And Hillary Clinton, with some of her rhetoric comparing comparing, uh, Americans to terrorists. So (laughs) I realize that that, does that excuse some of the rhetoric we've heard leading up to Wednesday's event by, by our leaders? No, nothing excuses, you know, calls for violence, but they've been pretty explicit on the left, pretty explicit. And I just wonder if those, if that (laughs) mood and, and bigger than that, if the total Dismantling of trust in our institutions was on full display that Wednesday on January 6th. If people, you know, four years of them not trusting the media or not being able to discern what's true anymore, not trusting the people in charge to do what's right, irrespective of partisanship, not trusting anybody to do what's honest when it comes to President Trump, the people who defend him defend him knee jerk, the people who attack him want to take him down, even if it requires lies. Right. So it's like all these things went into creating a powder keg as I see it. But what do you think?
1: No, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, to think that that the anger that's been building up in our country just happened since the election is, is to to ignore what's happened the last four years and, and to see how it's been building and and who's been behind helping build it. You know, some people just want to point to the, the Republican side and say we can cancel them by blaming them for everything. Uh, they they will have ignored what has been going on in this country for years, including uh, how, how it really ignited over the summer. Uh, and, and again, there were there were some people who were protesting peacefully and then there were some people who were out destroying cities and shooting and killing cops and innocent civilians. and that wasn't being called out by both sides. And you know now they want to again the righteous indignation. they want to uh, you know go and try to assign blame today, but they were encouraging, this uh, for a long time too and, and it, they've got to look in the mirror we all need to look in the mirror but to, to say it's only one side doing it uh, is to be completely dishonest
0: what do you make of now i mean there there are actual calls out there to shut down fox news newsmax oan and i thought of you because the man who shot you had posted violent rhetoric online prior to the attack he hadn't been banned by facebook um, his favorite shows were Bill Maher and Rachel Maddow. He'd been on Facebook all the time saying it's time to destroy Trump and company. He was part of the resistance. He was part of several anti-GOP Facebook groups, including quote, terminate the Republican party and quote, the road to hell is paved with Republicans. And I just wonder if you're seeing, cause it, you know, once again, if you look at the guy's social media profile, violent rhetoric, anger and hatred for the other side, he watched you know, far left programming, Rachel Maddow's about as far to the left as you can get. I don't remember Republicans saying Rachel Maddow should be banned or Bill Maher should be banned or that Facebook should be deplatformed. But, you know, you lived it. And and by the way, Bernie Sanders, too, he was he was a volunteer for Bernie Sanders. Some people were trying to suggest, you know, Bernie Sanders had some role in it, but you didn't hold him accountable. You didn't think he was responsible for any of this, nor was he. But what are your thoughts on that and sort of what seems to be a double standard there?
1: no and it, that that clearly is a double standard but you know early off i you know I, I said when i found out he was an active bernie supporter i said that that bernie's not the reason this happened yeah this 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 person went off the edge and and he committed a violent act tried to kill a lot of us uh and and he's been held accountable and uh you know and again you you saw you saw it coming together but you you didn't see Uh, indignation and a repudiation of the entire left over that as we shouldn't have. Uh, But today you are seeing that. and, And I think it's people trying to exploit a situation where they, they want to shift accountability, hold the people accountable who stormed the Capitol. They are being held accountable by the way. I didn't see people saying, Hey, when we're seeing buildings being burned down, let's go find the video of all the people that were burning down those buildings and arrest them. They should have been arrested over the summer for committing violent acts. Uh, very few were, uh, today. Right. I think you're seeing across the board, the people who were coming to the Capitol, there's a lot of video images. Many have been arrested. People in each community are identifying, uh, people they know that were there in those videos and their, are uh, family members are saying, Hey, that was my brother, uh, in that video. And I know, and, you know I love that's, it. It's a lot a of thing. ex-wives,
0: which thing. I really kind of love. It's a, it's a lot of the ex-wives, but <laughs> like, I know him good for the ex-wives him. of America. You know, All right, no wait, and, uh, just a couple more questions. I know you're short on time. You wrote an op-ed saying the national temperature is way too high. That a powder keg has been smoldering in this country long before the events on the Capitol and that, you know, this violent rhetoric we've been seeing helps radicalize people. What what do we do about that? Right? Because it's America and we have free speech and now we have platforms Purporting to crack down on violent speech, but only on one side. So, what's the answer?
1: Well, the answer is, is for each of us to to do our part to make things better. You know, this is this is another tenet about the greatness of America is that that people can actually make a positive difference. And if if somebody thinks that that they're you know if they're concerned about where they see our country right now, and and people should be because this is you know maybe one of the most divided times we've seen since. You know whether it's the sixties or the Civil War, uh, there's not many inflection points in our nation's history where we've been this divided, uh, but then we've come out of those uh, because people stepped up and said we're going to work to make it better, And that's each of us. Any any of us who don't like where this country is right now uh, and where the temperature is can all play a role in bringing that temperature down and And that's what I've been encouraging. Uh, I work on that myself. We can always get better. But anyone who today says, "Hey, I'm going to make it better by shutting down somebody I disagree with politically," that's not the answer. It's never been the answer. Uh, we can all make it better. That's what our focus needs to be.
0: Some have said um, that's a reason why we shouldn't impeach the president. We shouldn't go forward with a Senate trial. I mean, I was been impeached a second time, but and I know you did not support the impeachment effort. But the response to that has been, "What President Trump did was so egregious. Even even if you give him." a pass on the events leading up to the riot at the Capitol. His dereliction of duty is the term used during the event where he was reportedly watching it, reportedly enjoying it, reportedly had to be cajoled into sending out the few tweets he did, which, you know, in the midst of saying, Be peaceful, said, We love you, you're good people, and continued to complain about the steal, you know, quote unquote, that that and not sending in the National Guard, sending out nasty tweets about Mike Pence as this thing was underway. And now we know Mike Pence was you know, hiding for his life inside the Capitol. Like all of that, I, w- I will say, as a lawyer, that's where you get a lot stronger in the attacks on, on President Trump's conduct. So, A, do you think he committed an impeachable offense, even though you didn't vote for impeachment? And B, talk about what this trial, if they have it, is going to do to this need to lower the powder keg volume.
1: Well, Megan, the first thing that that people should be wanting to do is to, is to get all the facts out. I mean, it literally was days, less than a week after this happened, where they brought impeachment to the floor without even a hearing. That had never happened in the history of our country. Uh, you know, it was just a, a rush to one more time go after the president without even con- being concerned about the facts. Facts are still coming out every day. We're finding out more things. Uh, that's where the focus should be. But also, again, to the point of you know, does this help or further divide our country? Uh, Clearly it's, it's further divided the country. And if they go forward in the Senate with some long trial, uh, it's going to be, he will already be gone from office. First of all, you know, we need to be focusing on turning the corner on bringing our country back together. But if the Senate wants to spend the first, you know, however many weeks of Joe Biden's presidency on an impeachment trial that takes away from the things that we all should be working on to help get our country back on track, uh, to round the corner on this virus, uh, to safely reopen schools and help people get back to work. I mean, there are a lot of big things that we need to be doing. Uh, and Donald Trump will not be in office when that yeah. happens. Uh, so, well, and I you, should know, again, that just, you know, they can just
0: a lot of that. What I just said is reporting from in particular The Washington Post with one source unnamed, right? supposed anonymous to the president. You know, that's that's problematic. And that's why you do require a trial in the Senate where the president would get to defend himself and say, that's not true. Here's what I actually did. So we run with these media reports like they're gospel. And we as we well know, they're not. Okay, last question. Um, How are you? How are you? I mean, I saw you not long ago in the hallways of Fox and you looked great, but I'm sure the audience would love to know how you're how you're holding up and physically how you've done since the attack in 17
1: no yeah, I appreciate it Megan I uh look God God's been good to me I've been blessed i I get better all the time I uh, you know I do a lot of physical therapy still to I had to learn how to walk again I had to uh, you know rebuild strength back in my legs I still am, am working on that that's where the bulk of the the remaining nerve damage is and so um you know work with work with folks that are helping me get better and I put my energy into getting better and uh you know and and I, you know, say a lot of prayers and thank the Lord. And uh, you know, look, Capitol Police, Megan. Uh, you know, again, we talked about the emotions of, of two weeks ago. Uh, I wouldn't be here without the heroism and bravery of Capitol Police. And yet again, you saw that on full display. Uh, you know, over fifty officers were beaten and injured, uh, including Officer Signick, who died. Another officer who committed suicide. These are these are heroes. Um, you know, a few of the members of my detail were on the floor that day and actually helped secure the Capitol, uh, you know, some of them are on the cover of Time Magazine right now. And, you know, I, I think it reminds us all that, uh, you know, live every moment to the fullest, uh, respect other people that disagree with us, uh, don't resort to violence. And, uh, you know, and just just thank the Lord for the blessings we have.
0: You were playing a ball game. You were shot in the hip, suffered from critical wounds, underwent several surgeries, faced a lengthy recovery. And I'll never forget, when you returned to Congress to that standing ovation. We didn't know if you would make it, you know, and just the love you received there and the unity and the the moments where you just remember we're rooting for one another. You know, we're American. We love one another. We may have political disagreements, but we're rooting for one another. And I, I hope I hope we can get back to that. Thanks for thanks for helping and thanks for coming on and talking.
1: Well, we, we need to get back to that. Uh, it's great to be with you, Megan. And uh, you take care. God bless.
0: going to get to Dennis Prager in just one second. But first, let's talk about Jan Marini skincare research. Isn't it hard to find nice skincare products that don't have a hideous smell that's overpowering? Somebody gave me this special lotion, not Jan Marini. It cost something like 250 bucks. I put it on my skin. It smelled disgusting. I'm like, who would pay $250 for this disgusting smelling thing? The Jan Marini products, way, way cheaper and odorless. That's what I want. I don't want somebody else's idea of some of what smells good all over my face, my skin. And Jan Marini knows that. So their products are lightweight. They're in, they're beautifully packaged in these sleek silver uh, packaging and they smell good and they work well. So they've covered all their bases. All right. So that's Jan Marini skincare and you've got to check it out. It is one of the fastest growing professional skincare brands in recent years. The products are used on movie sets and TV production sets for a reason. It's currently being used on Spider-Man and Riverdale and more. And it's a five-step daily system, basically. It cleanses, rejuvenates, resurfaces, hydrates, and then protects. It's a skincare management system. And it's been awarded for 10 consecutive years by New Beauty Magazine as the best skincare system for aging skin, which we all have, let's face it. Jamarini Skincare Research has earned more beauty awards from New Beauty than anybody else has. Big, big, big award-winning solutions to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, not to mention discoloration and adult acne and more. <laughs> we used to joke when I was at Fox because all the heavy TV makeup would make me break out and I'd have to explain to my makeup artist, it's my adult acne. If I had had Jan Marini, I wouldn't have had that problem. Um, anyway, that the products are beautiful. They hydrate, they calm. They've got numerous clinical studies led by leading dermatologists and you're going to love them. So go to Jan Marini dot com to find locations near you, or you can purchase directly from their website. And plus, now we have a, a special offer: if you order from JanMarini.com and use the code Megan, you will receive a free cosmetic bag with your order. That's JanMarini, J-A-N Marini is M-A-R-I-N-I icom Code Megan, M-E-G-Y-N. Check it out. And now, Dennis Prager. Let's start with this. Let's just start back at the Capitol riot, because I don't want to diminish um, the effect that it has had on the position of Republicans. They, they went into that day having lost both races in Georgia and dejected, thinking, oh, OK, the Democrats control the House, they control the Senate. Now they control the White House. There was no real chance of overturning it that day, notwithstanding what they'd been told. But things truly went from bad to worse. And I know you wrote, if the left could have dreamed up something to truly damage the conservative cause, they couldn't have conjured up what happened at the Capitol that day. How bad was its impact on the Republican Party and conservatives?
2: It's been devastating, but it's not been devastating solely because of the event. It's been devastating because of how uh, the media And the left have used it. Uh, I've used the analogy of the Reichstag fire, which in a nutshell, exactly one month after the Nazis came to power, Hitler came to power in 1933, just a month later, the Reichstag, that's the German parliament, was set on fire. It's pretty much acknowledged today that one communist set the fire, But it's irrelevant who set the fire because what the nazis did was pass the enabling act said oh the threat to germany is so great we need more and more power to suppress the communists and anybody who opposes the nazis the parallel is astonishing that's what they're doing they're using this event which is one of Uh, untold number of violent events that took place in the course of the last year and just this one because it's the only one that came from the right has been manufactured into such a crisis that we can now suppress further opponents of the left you cannot continue in your place of work the the mere appearance at the rally which was peaceful and, and Apparently hundreds of thousands of people versus a couple of hundred or what, I don't know what the number was that went to the Capitol, uh, but it, 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 a minuscule number. And just appearing at the rally or just having served in the Trump administration now, just like what the Nazis did. And I'm not comparing the concentration camps or the death camps or the genocide or the or the Jew hatred. I'm not comparing that aspect. I'm comparing the aspect of totalitarian suppression of dissent.
0: Yeah, that's 100% what we're seeing. It's being used as an excuse to shame Republicans writ large, Trump supporters who are not all Republicans writ large, um, it's being used as a universal "I told you so" by the left, by the media, for all of their bias, their Trump derangement syndrome, their inability to see the other half of the country through anything other than gray-colored glasses. Now it's just spike the ball. We were right about all of it. We've learned no lessons. We're gonna triple down on everything we've been doing, and the Republicans are a hundred percent out of power. And I think feeling very powerless and in some cases scared.
2: They have every right to be the, the left, which I have been a student of my entire life. I write field of study. It's a very rare major, as they say, when I was at Columbia's school of international affairs at the Russian Institute, my field of study was called communist affairs. There were, I think seven of us in the entire university. And, uh, you, you may find this of interest. The, the person who taught the advanced seminar on communism was Big Nia Brzezinski, who became Jimmy Carter's National Security mm. Council right. head. and
0: Mika's father.
2: That's right. So just as a little tidbit of, of, of interest there. So I've been studying the left my entire life, and this is what people, they just don't appreciate because the, the ignorance of history is overwhelming. There is no example of the left attaining power and not suppressing dissent. There is It, it is like asking for a horse uh, that, uh, that has uh, tusks or swims or some silly analogy. It doesn't exist. The left suppresses dissent by definition. It started with Lenin in Russia in 1917 and continued to the university. What you see at the university is a perfect example. They're in power, and they suppress dissent. So any one of your listeners cannot give me an example of the left being in power and not suppressing dissent. Liberals welcome free speech. Conservatives welcome free speech. The left does not, by definition. So increasingly, you are going to have the suppression of free speech The fact that that Donald Trump does not have a vehicle in social media to speak, that should astonish people, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's why I wrote my column, which went sort of viral, of a weekly column, and I I wrote one two uh, weeks ago called uh, The Good German and how I now understand the good German and the good Russian better because everybody, I was raised, and everybody was, Whoever thought about this stuff, oh, how could these people stay silent? I'm not talking about the evil ones. Not not the evil communist in Russia who sent people to the gulag or the, the evil Nazi who sent Jews at the camps. I'm talking about the good German. But now I understand if they kept quiet fearing the Gestapo, they kept quiet feeling the NKVD, the predecessor of the KGB in the Soviet Union. We don't have a Gestapo. We don't have a KGB. And, there's, and Americans
0: are still silent. Because there is a strong hand, e- even though we don't have a Gestapo. We have groups threatening to blacklist you. We have an editor at Forbes openly saying any business that would hire uh, Kayleigh McEnany or Sarah Sanders, somebody who spoke for the president, will be deemed a liar. The, corp- the company itself will be deemed a liar by Forbes. Like, more pushes by these groups like a Lincoln project, not to hire anybody associated with Trump or who quote enabled him. And now, you know, I was just talking about this with Steve Scalise. There's a push by some morons at places like Harvard to take away the degrees of senators like Hawley and Cruz who spoke up on this, you know, alleged voter fraud stuff. Like it's getting, I want to say absurd, but it's working. So I I don't know if I can say that.
2: No, oh, no, it is. It's not. It, it's a, it's absurd in some objective way, measuring reality to absurdity. But it's evil, and it's evil because the left is evil. Liberals are not evil. Conservatives are not evil. The left is evil, and the the lack of the lack of protest uh, from liberals is the crisis of the country. The left is evil, and the liberals are the useful idiots of the left. They're nice people. Some of the best people I know are liberals. They're in my extended family. I love these people. But they are used by the left as useful idiots, and they play the role, because they have been brainwashed into believing that conservatives are their enemy and not the left. The One of the only liberals who understands the left is the enemy of liberalism is Alan Dershowitz.
0: Dershowitz has been pilloried by the left because they think he's gone conservative. No, he's still a liberal. He's just still espousing liberal principles like free speech, especially when you hate what's being said. That's what free speech is all about. I I agree with you that it's absurd Trump is banned from Twitter. But when somebody says, what do we do about all the violent rhetoric? What do we do about Threats appearing all over Facebook and parlor that could potentially endanger others at a rally or on Capitol Hill. What's the answer?
2: A, a bona fide threat uh, is obviously unacceptable. In, in fact, the bona fide threat is illegal. People make uh, violent threats. Uh, they, you know, I we will blow up the U.S. Senate on on Monday. Anybody who says that should be arrested. Uh, that's but. It, it's like saying, what, "How can we allow cars on the road when tens of thousands of people a year are killed by drunk drivers?" Part of the risk of driving is that drunk drivers exist. You can't abolish highways because uh, drunk drivers exist. You can't abolish social media for for people because some bad people exist. It's an excuse. It's all the Reichstag fire. It's only an excuse to shut us up. What, what the conservative world, in fact, what the liberal world, if it had, honor. But what any of us have to do is we have to disengage. We must create an alternate United States. Let them make the Soviet states of America, and we will make this, the free states of America. I see no alternative. And the first thing people need to do is get their kids out of, out of regular schools. That's where the poison begins. You send your child to a typical school in the United States, and that's private or public. It's irrelevant. Uh, The typical school in the United States teaches your child to have contempt for you, Mm -hmm. for everything you stand for, and of course for America. Why people would do that, I understand why, because it's so tough in their minds, and I understand that, to homeschool or to find a school that doesn't indoctrinate their children in hatred but uh people should understand sending their kid to it's, now it's not just college it's just as much first grade you'll get uh, drag queen study uh, study hour and you will get the, the new york times 1619 lie uh, the project of the new york times which liberal historians who hate trump have called a lie sean valence at princeton uh, the leading one and we have to disengage the united states is being taken over by leftist totalitarians so uh the only nonviolent response and i want a nonviolent response i want to emphasize that is to get away from them we will create a better place better space of freedom on the internet better schools better children kinder happier people have you ever in your life met a happy leftist i have not i wrote a book on happiness i do an hour on happiness uh, every week on my radio show, I've been doing it since 1999. I, I I I know a lot about happiness. There are no happy leftists. A happy leftist a happy leftist is an oxymoron. These are bitter, angry, unhappy, unfulfilled, empty people. The whole left, with the that the, as as Douglas Murray, a gay atheist, uh, but conservative. As, as he points out, the hole made by the death of the Judeo-Christian religions has been filled by leftism. When uh, I'm a Jew, and I'm telling you, when Christianity dies in the West, you don't get Boy Scouts. You get communism, fascism, and
0: Nazism. Barry Weiss was just, uh, she she offered her, her opening uh, piece on Substack and touched on this a bit about predictions about what would happen in germany if christianity was gone and left a void um by the way she's coming on the program as is douglas murray so we've got we've got both of those voices covered but can i just back up on a couple of things you said so you, you were saying liberals are the useful idiots i i understand the position they're in i think to, to a large extent they're in the same boat as people on the right who don't have whatever an independent microphone or independent wealth. Or the ability to put their kids in private school, like a Catholic school or an Orthodox school or homeschool their kids because they're at work. They're freaking scared. The The left has seized control of so many institutions. OK, I'll speak up. But then little Johnny's not going to get into a good college because it, they really will make a mark on his permanent record. OK, I'll speak up. But corporate America right now has gone as woke as we could ever have feared. And they're not going to want little Johnny because he's a human being who will have made mistakes by the time he has to apply for jobs. You know, little Johnny, any misstep he makes, the media could take the story, run with it and exploit it in a way that's completely cruel and inhuman to a child. But they'll do it if it serves their own purposes of making themselves seem, seem virtuous. Look at Nick Sandman and the the hit job they did on that kid at the Capitol, uh, and which, you know, he ultimately sued and won. but. Look at even just the liberals who tried to sign that letter circulated by Thomas Chatterton Williams, who's a liberal who's not woke. He's a person of color. Um, No, rejected. They were mocked mercilessly. You have platforms. Who do you think you are? Give me a break. You know, I just don't think. I think liberals are still in the in the point of a seeking the approval of the left. They still think they're winnable, and b, they're they're frightened. And I, and I don't think the, the scare, the, 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 the fright they're feeling is unjustified. So when you say we break off, you know, those of us who are still sane, I mean, what does that actually look like? Glenn Beck was talking about secession. That's, but that's not real, a realistic option. You no, know, it's,
2: if- no, political secession is not realistic, and I didn't advocate it. I, I advocate yeah. secession wherever possible, that we create our own media that we, most important, the most, the most power we have, I think, is with regard to schools. If the kids don't go to schools, then the, the citadel, the seminaries of the left are crushed. They, that's, that's where, I think that's where the battle has to be made. So the kid won't get into a good college. So let me be heretical for a moment. I have two sons. They can vouch for this. I raise them. With the following I don't give a damn what college you get into in fact I don't give a damn if you go to college I only care about your character that's how I raise them and it, my friends I you know I'm Jewish Jews are preoccupied with what you know what school their kid goes to I have a joke when I tell it the uh, speeches in, in Jewish uh, uh in Jewish venues that uh people frequently come over to me airports etc then I don't know if the person is a Jew a Christian an atheist or anything uh, but uh, I know I know the person's a Jew if one of the first things they tell me is what college their daughter goes to <laughs> <laughs> that's this that's the giveaway oh because their definition their self-definition Asians have have this characteristic too in many instances their self-definition is what college their kid uh, goes to. Uh, I I have never felt that. As I said, I don't care if my kid, I care about my kid's character, because in the final analysis, that's what's going to get you through life is your character, your integrity, not what college you went to. I often point out in in this regard, I've been broadcasting 35 years. I broadcast on every subject under the sun, Uh, male, female relations, happiness, religion, psychology, and of course, the, the political events of the day. I have been asked every question imaginable on my open lines. There is only one question no one has ever thought to ask me. Not at a speech, not on the radio. Dennis, just curious, what college did you go to? Isn't that interesting? Right. It doesn't it oh, doesn't no. mean anything. In You're fact, I right. wish I could say none. <laughs> 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 then then it's oh, but he, he seems pretty bright. He seems pretty knowledgeable. You know,
0: like, I'm constantly reminding people, um, Harvard, I'm sure it's a wonderful school. I, I, I hear it gives, you know, amazing credentials to people and amazing connections. And I have had a lot of people from Harvard working for me (laughs) And I went to Syracuse and, you know, was middling on the SAT at best. It's, it's not all about, and I had zero connections, zero. It's not all about where you go to school. It's about how tenacious you are. Being smart enough to figure out where your gifts lie and then finding a job in which you can exploit them fully and then putting in the time and the hard work. But I, I do think the, the schools still have a hold on people in the way you described. I, I just over the holiday went to a very sort of hooty toity place, uh, a ski mountain where there's a lot of wealth and heard the story of one family who they got their three kids into Ivy League colleges And the three children now hate the parents and mock the money that they made, mock the plane that flies the children to the ski mount, right? (laughs) Like they, they take advantage of all of it, but they hate it. So they're better people. And it's really driven a wedge between the children and the parents as a family, because these colleges are making their children hate anyone, their parents included, who is not not just left of center but a leftist
2: it's amazing because i tell the story of the man on one of my prager cruises as they're called i've been doing this for 25 years I've gone to all seven continents uh, this way and it it's not a, it's not an inexpensive cruise we go on the best ships so that's important to the story because it exactly echoes yours I'm speaking to a man there who uh, is a very successful businessman and a committed Christian. So, as is my want, I ask people I meet you know, about themselves. I'm always interested in people's lives. And you have kids? Yeah, I have three sons, actually. And anyway, in a nutshell, uh, he tells me they all have PhDs Stanford, Yale, and Princeton. And he said, sounds like I really did a good job, doesn't it? Turns out, he said, they're all leftists, and it's exactly what you described. That is why I said, they. if you send your kid to regular school, unless they are spectacularly intellectually and morally equipped to withstand the indoctrination, you are sending them to a place that will teach them to have contempt for you. Leftism is a cult. and the first thing that is taught in every cult is to reject parental authority. That's why you you may find this of interest. I I hope you do. I uh, am finishing volume three of a five-volume commentary on the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. It's called The Rational Bible, and I I will make a plug for it. It's the best-selling Bible commentary in America. And I know Biblical Hebrew very well, and I'm capable of doing this, and of course the Ten Commandments are found in two of the books, Exodus and Deuteronomy, and I'm always asked, well, always is a little exaggerated, but when I talk about the Ten Commandments, people frequently will say, so what do you think is the most important commandment? And over the course of, of a lifetime of teaching this, I've had different answers. My answer now is honor your father and mother. That is, that is what prevents totalitarianism. The first thing they tear down is parental authority, and your your story and my story are examples of that.
0: And you're right; it starts. It's starting earlier and earlier as we as we hear these stories about children. Abigail Schreier's been doing an amazing job. She wrote the book Irreversible Damage, but her tweets always update what's happening on this front. Um, more and more. Uh, Children are being allowed to leave their high school and sometimes middle school campuses without their parents knowing to get um, puberty blockers or cross gender hormones like testosterone for young women. And now she was just highlighting the other day, you could have a one hour Zoom with a so-called therapist who could write these prescriptions for you and your parents will never know about it. And the, the, the attitude by these schools is the parents' rights, they stop at the schoolhouse door. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if we don't start fighting that legally, we need a legal foundation that starts fighting these battles to set the world right again. Because we don't have to surrender those battles. When it comes to our children and the underage schooling, we, we have a legal leg to stand on.
2: Well, we have a legal leg to stand on if... It- the legal institutions are not co-opted by the left that's that is our hope of course they might pack the court now and and and, and anything is possible they might ex- without packing the court extend the number of federal judges hmm. which is what i think they will do so look it's it's an unprecedented threat to america the left's threat to this country which is basically neo, neo-communist, everybody knows neo-fascist, neo-Nazi, there's a neo-communist threat, is unprecedented in American history. The last time was the Civil War. This is, and I've, I've written this, we're in a Civil War, but th- and I've always added, thank God it's nonviolent. <laughs> Here's another thing that I've said all of my life. People say evil is dark. It's not true. It's easy to look into the dark. It doesn't hurt your eyes. Evil is so bright that you can't look at it. People turn away. So that's the, the normal reaction. This is back to my Good German article. The normal reaction of even decent people to evil is not, wow, we better fight. It's, it really doesn't exist. And that's, that's the crisis that people don't understand the magnitude of the undoing of America that is taking place
0: now. Yeah. And as as we see crackdowns outside of the universities, and so I mean there as well, but now uh, in the wake of the Capitol riot on free speech, you see a push to pressure the advertisers of Fox News not to advertise. That was from Nicholas Kristof of the New York Times. It, it, they're so quick to go after speech they don't like, not thinking for a moment, what will happen when the pendulum, if it ever swings the other way. And of course, what the First Amendment was there for in the first place. And it's just the concept of free speech outside of the Constitution, which is to protect not speech you love, but speech you do not like. That's what makes America special. You know, They they don't just want to disagree with Fox News now or Ben Shapiro now or anybody who's on the right. They want you shut down and maybe they'll win, Dennis. But Winning that battle could be losing the war because, as you and I well know, it doesn't stop those conversations. It doesn't stop people's belief systems. They may get shoved underground, but they're still there percolating. I think that's when things get really dangerous, if they really do manage not just to keep conservatives off of college campuses and out of corporate America and off of ESPN and off of the sports teams or, you know, forced to kneel when they don't want to. When they stop the conversation and and the ability of people right of center or slightly left of center to talk about how they actually feel on difficult issues, now we're really in trouble.
2: That's correct. We are really in trouble. And it's almost impossible to envision a nonviolent conclusion to all of this. When you it's a pretty simple rule in life, when you stop a hundred million people or a hundred people, if you prevent them from exercising their civil liberties peacefully, they're they're going to express their peaceful liberties non-peacefully. Uh, it's I don't I don't see why that's not inevitable.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: you can't do this. It's just not a threat. It's it's like saying that you know if you if you uh, if you put water in a freezer. Ice comes out. There are certain rules of life. This is a rule of life. If you suppress people for a long enough time, you will end up with bad things at the end.
0: Especially when you're talking about half the country.
2: Yes, half the country. So I said hundred million. That's right, which is not half yet, but but it was a conservative figure. That's correct. We have seventy-four million people voted for Donald Trump, not every not every single. Th- Conservative in this country or non-leftist voted for Donald Trump. That is why, though, I go back to the liberals. The liberals are afraid of the left. That is correct. Everybody's afraid of the left for good reason. The left is vicious, uh, but the liberals vote left. That's what I condemn them for. Mm-hmm. They, nobody knows what they do in the ballot, uh, at the ballot box. There, they they could have, but they they were in thrall of the. They still are. They fear the left and they vote left. That is why they're useful idiots for the left.
0: I want to get to more of what they're voting for now, because I know you've been critical of impeachment. I thought it was interesting. You said they've ruined it. The left has ruined impeachment. It's meaningless now. Um, And I'm going to ask you about that in one second. But first, I got to get an ad in. This is actually a good one, too. I, I like this. I'd never heard of this problem before. Um, You think you could be robbed on the street. You think you might be able to, you know, get robbed in your house when you're not there, hopefully, if it has to happen. But you could get robbed just sitting around not paying attention because there's something called home title theft and it's not good. You better pray this thing never happens to you. It can ruin you financially. And here's how the crime happens. See, the legal titles to all of our homes are kept online where they can be hacked. A cyber thief with relatively little effort, sadly, can find your home's title they can forge your signature on a quit claim deed stating you sold your home to them. And then the guy will take out loans against your home until your equity is gone. You won't even know what happened until the collection calls start pouring in. You're not protected by insurance, by your bank, or by any of the common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock will be there for you. They can protect you. And in the unlikely event that you actually do become a victim of title theft, even though you have a relationship with them, you're a member, of Home Title Lock, they will actually spend up to a quarter million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. That's putting your money where your mouth is. So go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim, and then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Then, Dennis, before we get back to talking about impeachment, I want to ask you uh, to participate, if you would, in a segment we have here on the show called Asked and Answered. And this is where we take a viewer question or a listener question about something in the news. And I think this is a good one for you and I to kick around. Steve Krakauer has got the question from one of our. Listeners and I guess what's the what's the email, Steve? If, if anybody else wants to write in,
1: that's right. Yeah, this one came in from questions at devilmaycaremedia It's a good one. Uh, we're getting a lot of great questions there. It is from Richie Missucanus, and he wants to know: What do you think is going to happen to liberal cities now that people have had enough of failed policies and are moving out? Do you think they will be forced to change their course? Uh, and Dennis, I know you're on the west coast as well, so it could be a good one to you for you to weigh in on also.
0: Hmm. Like There's been conflicting information on whether there are these mass exoduses, but um, one Bloomberg report at least found that San Fran and New York City were two cities that had the biggest move-out rate in 2020 in comparison to previous years, and uh, the move-outs in New York City were up something like 45% compared to last year. Um, people are leaving, and, and they're, they tend to be going to red states, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Arizona, North Carolina. So... What do you think is the result of that?
2: Amazingly, the result is that these red states become blue states. People leave what the left destroys, and then they go to a place that's healthy because it's run by Republicans, conservatives, like Florida. And then they poison those states with the values that ruined the state that they fled from. Mm. It's an astonishing thing. It's truly astonishing. And they're all well-educated, which proves my point. You become stupid in most cases the more degrees you have. I this is, <laughs> I never speak in hyperbole. I believe what I've just said. Do you know that on occasion on my radio show, a person will call and say something truly foolish? And I'm known for being respectful to all callers. And it's a reputation I've earned. But I, I will say to the person, I'm just curious, uh, what college did you go to? And they'll say, well, how do you know I went to college? And I'll say, because you have to go to college to say something that stupid. And it's not meant, and I said, I'm not insulting you. I'm insulting college. College has taught you to say stupid things. People just do, you mentioned this earlier. Here's a perfect test. Ask people on the street, can men give birth? Only college-educated and especially graduate school graduates will say yes. Uh, you have to go to graduate school to say men give birth.
0: I think you're exactly right. Right, because you, you do get that liberal indoctrination where you, you, you're you suddenly told black is white, white is black, up is down, down is up. Every, everything you thought you knew you don't know. And by the way, you're a racist, and you're a sexist, and you're a transphobe, and you're you're all the things. And we have to deprogram you in order to make you a good person. So you leave confused, and then you see somebody like J.K. Rowling who raises a point like that, like no men can't menstruate, and then she tries, to, they try to deplatform her and ban her, and people are like, oh, holy shit, I kind of believe what J.K. Rowling believes, but I can't say anything. Um, and then. You're right, because what you see happening is normal people who don't really want to live like that or don't want to live under these oppressive tax policies or, you know, in permanent lockdown in California decide to leave. They move to someplace like Georgia. Then next thing you know, Georgia controls both Senate seats on the Dem side, something that's never happened before. And the country is turning more blue at the state level, certainly at the national level as a result of this last election. But I was just saying the other day to Eric Bowling, you tell me what you think, Dennis. I think that the best thing the Republicans have going for them is all this nonsense. And it's, it's not just, oh, the wokesters, they're, what a pain in the ass. It, this is a massive problem the country's undergoing. Three, four years ago, I'd never heard the term woke. I didn't know what that meant. I knew what political correctness was. But this has changed America. And it, it will continue to, state by state, uh, government agency by government agency, unless the people who are against it get their acts together and it's not about leaving a city right it's it's it could be for whatever your reasons are but it's also about fighting in the cities that we're in
2: well of course that's my my biggest argument is that we have to fight but when they control people I, I, you're the one who made the point which i agree with people are afraid of losing their jobs i can fight because i'm paid to fight it, it I think I have courage but I I don't need courage to speak out in my radio show that's uh, I work for a conservative place a conservative a radio a talk show company so if I worked at a regular place and I and I simply if tweeted out an article by Dennis Prager what would happen this is new in american life brand new it never happened at, at the at the worst of mccarthyism this did not happen there's, there's nothing there's no comparison but so yes of course people have to fight and i i i took a vow at normandy beach many years ago when i saw all these graves of uh, tombstones of of guys 20 years old on average and I said, look, if they could die fighting for America and liberty, the least I could do is live for America and liberty. And I took that vow and I and I have tried to live by it. But that is this is a war. There, we're in a war. To deny it is to engage in ostrich-like behavior. And the liberals will be consumed by it. That that's what That's what my study of Soviet history taught me. The Mensheviks were devoured by the Bolsheviks. The Mensheviks were outnumbered the Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks, by the way, I don't expect any of your listeners to know this, but Bolshevik means majority, Nick, like Bolshoi ballet. Bolshoi in Russian means big. And the Bolsheviks were the smaller group, but they took the name big group, and Menshe means less. So it was the Lesniks and the Bigniks, but the Bigniks were smaller than the (laughs) Lesniks, and and they won, and then they crushed, they killed the Mensheviks. That's what the left does. And, uh, you know, I've been sounding this alarm all of my life. You, You mentioned about the left, and I don't remember which institution it was that it's ruining. Here's a rule of life. Everything the left touches, it destroys. Uh, conservatives build and liberals build and the left destroys the uh, i became aware of it first because i i conduct orchestras as an avocation i'm very involved in that. music and the the left from the beginning of the 20th century basically destroyed classical music with atonal music atonal music should be an oxymoron no no melody no key no harmony uh it's it's it, it's cacophony it's just sounds and this is they, they were awoke from the beginning of the 20th century then the arts do you know how many major museums feature scatological art art of fecal matter art of what? urine art of menstrual blood Stop I mean, it's it. now common I'm sorry
0: <laughs> come on
2: oh uh well in my book about the left and America still the best hope I document uh, people should look up, look this up, have your you you listeners to this uh, uh, podcast should list look up New York Times uh, Fecal matter Dutch Museum. I guess that would be a perfect way to get to it. A giant piece in the New York Times a few years ago about giant turds that's what they were called giant <laughs> turds at a big museum in Holland. and the author took it seriously. The author, they In the music section, they took seriously a guy who played a piece only using the note D for one hour. <laughs> Do you know that there is a piece where you just sit at the piano for four minutes, I don't know, it's four minutes, 36 seconds. I think it's called four minutes, 36 seconds. Maybe four minutes, 26 seconds. A pianist sits at a piano and does nothing. And this is taken seriously. Ah, we have time. We, we could just hear people clearing their throats or, or just hear the sound of the air conditioning system. This, so everything they touch, the arts, religion, left-wing, the left-wing damage to Judaism and Christianity and Catholicism is, uh, is lethal. It's mortal and the uh, the damage to the universities the high schools the elementary schools the damage to the NFL to the NBA the damage to late night television the damage to the word impeachment that's where you said it yes that's what prompted me to say this everything mm-hmm. they touch they destroy the boy scouts is there a left wing boy scouts what is the left wing constructed for young men nothing that's what yeah. they do they destroy
0: Okay, so my, one of my teammates has sent me the article in the New York Times, June seventh, two 2018. Here's the opening paragraph, Rotterdam, the Netherlands. When I entered the exhibition, I was invited to get nude. I searched a clothes rack filled with skin-toned naked costumes featuring all shapes and sizes of male and female genitalia and chose a peach-color hermaphroditic garment with teddy bear fur, a male member between its legs, and wide-set breasts. I put it on over my clothes. Then I walked into the excrement four giant turds inside of the 16,000 square foot of museum space. <laughs> you know, Dennis, all I can think when I see this is somebody I follow on Twitter who I really like was tweeting out about, you know, how New York is suffering mightily under these insufferable, you know, lockdowns, as I know, California is as well. And, um, The homeless had become, you know, they they, they took a a bunch of homeless people, many of whom had been convicted of crimes, put them in three hotels on the Upper West Side. Something like 30 percent of them were reportedly pedophiles and um, some have been removed, but some haven't. And there's been open, um, let's say, use of the sidewalk as as bathrooms that people have been complaining about. And she had witnessed this. This tweeter uh, had witnessed somebody doing that. And she decided that the new nickname for our city should be the Big Crapple. And I think maybe there's a way we can connect these people on the streets of New York with these people in Rotterdam, and you know save somebody some material costs or something. I don't. I'm not, maybe some good can come out of these bizarre alliances. Um, well, now okay, you know back, I didn't make it up. But back to something actually important, which is not excrement, or it could be depending on your view, which is impeachment. Um, I think it's an interesting take. They've ruined it. It is something like. How many times can you do it before I'm like, oh, he got impeached again? I mean, like, for me, I see why they did this one. I see it. I get it. It's too late. They already already took us down this lane. You know, it it really is a boy who cried wolf situation. It lost its teeth because you did it already on something that was kind of baloney that didn't persuade anybody. So now when you really need us to believe your righteous indignation, um,
2: okay. Well, that's right. I mean, with a week to go to impeach a president, and now the claim that you can impeach a president who's not a president. Why don't they impeach me? I, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm serious. They I might. should be impeached. I'm not. I'm not president, and Donald Trump won't be president as of Wednesday. So, what's the difference? But they are impeaching us. I mean, that's the irony. Is I am being impeached. Every every non-leftist is. No, the the, the crisis is is astonishing, and combined with. When I wrote The Good German, it was it was not just about what the left is doing in terms of civil liberties. It's it's also the crackdown, the crushing of business, people's people's livelihoods. It's like they have decided we don't want any independent restaurants. We're great with chains. The the, the left loves big business. They loathe little business. The, there is no medical rationale for the the lockdowns florida didn't lock down florida has the largest number of old people in the country only maine has per capita more but the only is a tiny state florida should have a gigantic death rate when i visited to florida i, I, I mm-hmm. an, my column was the sovietization of california i when i When I left Florida in December, last month, I had some lectures and visited my son and and his uh, kids, and I felt just like I did in my 20s when I used to go every year to Eastern Europe because I'd go to communist countries, I'd go down or up. So Poland, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, East Germany, Romania, Bulgaria, and then the next year I went south-north. But in the middle, to breathe, I'd stop in Vienna, in a free country, and I wrote. I felt going from Florida back to California, the way I felt going from Vienna back into East Europe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. You can't even eat at a restaurant outside in California. I mean, at that least is New York State, still. We yes. still have our outside restaurants, even though it's January and it's twenty-nine degrees. At least it's still an option. California has gone, they have gone full, big government will rule your life, and if you don't accept it, you're a bad person, because science, that's what they keep telling us, Dennis, and you took that on in your column as well.
2: The uh, This notion follow science is, is another left-wing lie. They don't follow science. They follow scientists, and they only follow the scientists they agree with. They, they suppress the scientists they don't agree with. You cannot advocate hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin and zinc on the internet basically it will be shut down despite the fact that thousands of doctors know and use this one of the reasons and i would stake my reputation on this one of the reasons for the high death rate in the, or the high death number i should say it's not a high death rate but a high death number is that we do nothing for people in the very early stages and we do nothing to prevent their getting serious COVID uh, indications. Th- this is a, a, this is a scandal, a, a human moral medical scandal that people are not told to take vitamin D in large doses. And I, I've been taking hydroxychloroquine and now ivermectin for half a year. I have hugged hundreds literally hundreds of strangers at rallies that I've spoken at. Unmasked hug people. And I I I not only advocate hydroxychloroquine and zinc, I take it. There's much more scientific evidence of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and zinc working than there is masks working. Oh, no. or, or, I mean, I, or shutdowns I, working? They don't follow science. It's a lie. It's a gigantic lie, like the sixteen nineteen project.
0: I've told this story before, but one of my doctors, who shall remain nameless for this purpose for the purposes of this conversation, told me over the summer that uh, he was taking hydroxychloroquine, and that every doctor he knew was taking it, and that none of them could say it publicly. Yeah, was <laughs> like they Isn't all that believed that it would help prevent COVID. The but left they have been shamed killed, out of saying it.
2: The left left has killed tens of thousands of Americans by suppressing the use of hydroxychloroquine and zinc. They are they are they are, they have shed blood from Fauci to your local democratic governor.
0: Do you think that what we saw at the Capitol, you know, the, these protesters who decided to storm and and break the law and the anger. Good God. You know what? Actually, I forgot to run this. We have a soundbite of some of the rioters and just their anger. Let's play it. And then I'm going to ask my question. Everybody
1: in there is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. That entire building is filled with treasonous traitors. Yes, sir.
2: Death is the only remedy for what's in that building. Well, you that's need to stand up.
1: Every yeah. single one
2: of those Capitol law enforcement officers, death is
0: the
1: remedy. They it is the only remedy oath. they get. They have defied
0: their oath. So, my question is Do you think, like, how closely do you think? The two things are related, the the lockdown and the government overreach we've seen of the past year, the, the devastation of people's bank accounts, ability to work, lifelong career efforts, um, you know, shops. And, and then on top of that, letting them get burned over the summer, you know, with n- not as much as a shoulder shrug, you know, like, in fact, public defenses of those doing the burning and the looting. I just wonder how closely those two events events are in your mind, how how related
2: they are related but the people who stormed the capitol and yelled those things are a minuscule fraction of republicans of trump supporters so there isn't much to be learned it's you know what is to be learned from a guy who you know molests children (laughs) this is a a a very small percentage of of humanity that does terrible things, I don't know what there is to be learned. You have to you have to try to get these people before they hurt a child. I mean, what is to be learned is that the media of this country are phonies. they The president was correct, totally correct about the fake news media. We have witnessed the, this massive burning of cities and a takeover of of police departments establishment of independent zones, nothing happened, and then one time, the right erupts, and that is the dominant issue of the country. The FBI has arrested more people, uh, has done more work to find who did this than they did the, 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 the people who looted, which is called stealing in my book, the people who just violently stole, the people who burned down buildings and businesses. I'll tell you the eeriest thing of the of the last year. Uh, a friend of mine in Santa Monica, California. Santa Monica is quite left wing city, or, or and uh, told me that near his house, all the stores were boarded up because of left wing violence, which nobody said a word about for six months, as you pointed out. And he said, "Take a look at go to this in this address, and you will see on the." board that board up this particular business it says black owned and i took a picture of it and it gave me it gave me the shivers wow. because that's what happened in germany as well to avoid the nazis people would scrawl on their on their business aryan owned how's that for a un- unfortunate parallel
0: Mm-hmm. So Steve Scalise was saying we're in a powder keg right now. And I think it's true. I think certainly President Trump's rhetoric hasn't been helpful, him and his surrogates. But one of the thing that things that's really irritating me right now is there's been no accountability on the left for what they've done to get us here. And there's there's actually been a doubling down. I'm concerned because I think over the next year we're still going to be locked down. They're saying we won't have herd, herd immunity until December of 2021 at the earliest. And I don't think the, that the country is emotionally prepared for 12 more months of this. Uh, and I think that factored in with the political upheavals that we're, we've been talking about doesn't bode well. And by the way, I was promised 2021 was going to be a lot better than 2020, Dennis. <laughs> um, is, there, is there anything that we feel hopeful about going into you know this next week and month?
2: I'm asked all the time, am I a pessimist, my pessimistic or optimistic? My answer has been neither because they're both unhelpful. The optimist doesn't fight because he thinks things will turn out well. The pessimist doesn't fight because he's sure things will turn out poorly. So mm-hmm. I don't think about hope. I don't think about pessimism. I don't think about optimism. I have this life to live. I will fight evil. And my favorite verse in the Bible is those who love God hate evil. Not, not everybody knows that verse. It's, it's a beauty. If you don't hate evil, you're morally corrupt. You're a coward. Everybody can fight in their own way, or as I always point out, they can help the fighters. H- help help the media that are broadcasting truth. Help the organizations. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to make a plug for PragerU, but we are affecting a lot of young people. That's why they hate us, because we have such rational, powerful videos up mm-hmm. with uh, billions, literally billions of views. It, we, we fight, and people need to help the fighters and fight. But I, I don't think in terms of pessimism and optimism. I just think about what am I morally bound to do? This country is the beacon of hope to mankind. This is the country that got the Statue of Liberty. No other country got it. It was given by France. This is the country whose flag the Hong Kong demonstrators for freedom waved. They didn't wave the Canadian flag. They waved the American flag. This is the country with a liberty bell. Land of the free, the home of the brave and the land of the free, sweet land of liberty. The left is crushing all of that. And everybody has to fight in their own way. And it begins by getting your kids out of the left-wing seminaries that are known as schools.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, the, the school we just moved our boys to says the pledge in the morning, and I love that.
2: That's great. Now, tell me about that school, because is, is it a religious school or a secular school?
0: It's not religious. It's a secular school. Uh, it's a private school, but they're just uh, more traditional in their approach. They're not looking to indoctrinate anyone either way. They really aren't. They're open-minded. The way they talk about diversity is great. It's very uplifting and uniting. I feel like, I I, I don't know if you know Chloe Valerie. We had her on the show. Yeah, but of course. She, yeah, she's like the anti-Ibram X. Kendi. She's about love. She's much more like MLK, um, as we talk about on MLK Day. And th- that's their approach. You know, we-, we, can- we can unite and get through what divisions we have by-, by being kind to one another, by uplifting one another, not by shaming one another. But I, I was thinking about when I was in school back in the day, not only do we say the pledge every morning, but we sang my country tis of And my kids were like, what's that? And I sang it to them. And I actually choked up. Right. You know, that last line. Let freedom ring. That's right. we that, no, are
2: not letting freedom ring.
0: The that's the way to start freedom. the day.
2: The left, from the French Revolution to the Russian Revolution to the New York Times, they're all related and they hate the liberty. They hate, they hate diversity of opinion. Half this country is conservative and there, isn't a single, there wasn't a single pro-Trump columnist in the 50 or so columnists of the New York Times. Hmm. see and, and now, now people call my show this happened last week and they say well dennis does uh does salem have any uh, left-wing talk show hosts i said no well, they don't that's the syndicator of my show i said no they don't said, so what's the difference between you and the new york times say, i'll tell you exactly the difference we proclaim we're conservative the new york times does not proclaim it's left wing if the new york times were honest if Harvard were honest, if Yale were honest, if the University of Michigan were honest, and said, Hey, we're here to promote leftism, like we say we're here to promote conservatism, I would shut up. It's the gigantic lie that they're honest and not leftist mm-hmm. that is that is so repulsive.
0: Well, I'm gonna be thinking today about what you said about being at Normandy and the, the yeah, promise it's you big. made yourself. Good, good. Right? And you, you to remember Those who have come before us and fought much bigger and more important battles and paid a much higher price. Getting called a name, (laughs) it's not so bad. We could take that. And if we can get organized legally to where we can make sure people's livelihoods are protected or at least their position in a student body or, you know, the ability to converse and have differences of opinion. I know that there is a legal answer to this. I'm I'm thinking right now with some smart people about how we can use the law to try to write some of these ships, but the, the fight is much bigger than that and it's more massive. And we're going to need a lot of smart minds, everyone listening to this program to put some thought into what they can do and what needs to be done on a, on a larger level because there are people on this side of rationality who also want to fight and help and um, and do it lovingly, but strongly, peacefully, but unapologetically. There There is a way forward. I'll give you the last word. People need to understand
2: that uh, uh, I love I love you I love what you stand for and you know that so I just want your listeners to know that I would differ with one thing when you said Normandy was a bigger battle they did pay a bigger price you're entirely right we're not being machine-gunned by Nazi soldiers but the battle is just as big as Normandy the the, the battle in the United States today is as as big a battle to maintain America and liberty as World War II or World War one so uh, that's 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 what's happening. I wish it weren't I'd much rather conduct uh, a Haydn symphony mm-hmm. than engage in this battle but uh, you, you don't you don't pick and choose your fights in life Well you pick and choose whether you'll fight but you don't pick and choose whether there is a fight.
0: Dennis Prager, wonderful talking to you. All the best, sir. Thank you. Our thanks to Dennis and again to Representative Steve Scalise. I want to tell you that today's episode was brought to you in part by Jan Marini Skincare Research. Dramatic results. Dermatologists recommended. Get your award-winning skincare system now at janmarini.com. And don't forget to tune into the show on Wednesday. Go ahead and subscribe right now, and I'll make sure I knock on your digital door on Wednesday morning with the show. Uh, we're going to have a special inauguration episode with Ben Dominich of The Federalist. Love Ben. Looking forward to talking to him. Used to have him on The Kelly File all the time. Crystal and Sagar of The Hill of Rising uh, at Hill.com will be here. Crystal Ball, Sagar, and Jetty. And Ryan Grimm. Ryan Grimm is actually the person who first called attention to the Tara Reed allegations and uh, or at the intercept and he's gonna be here with sort of a more more uh I don't know. I guess he's, he's more of a Bernie fan, I'd say. So I'm kind of curious about what he's expecting to come over the next four years under the Biden administration. We'll, we'll be forward looking on Wednesday as to what we can expect. And let's hope everything's calm and safe. Uh, but we'll have it all covered for you either way. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Download the show. Rate the show. Five stars, please. And send me a note, would you? Go ahead and fill out a review. Let me know what you're thinking about the show, what you like, what you don't like. Mostly what you like. And uh, I still read them all, and I, I've been taking your input, especially on guest suggestions, and I appreciate you doing it. So uh, have a good couple days, and we'll talk on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Megan Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear. The Megan Kelly Show is a Devil May Care media production in collaboration with Red Seat Ventures.